everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring May 23rd, 1993, from the Shoreline Amphitheater. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Go ahead and say good evening, boys. Good evening. This week, we are going to kick off with our Channel 6 segment, and um, it was kind of a slow week um, in the Grateful Dead world. However, it was not a slow week in the John Mayer, Bobby Weir world. Um, On Monday night, on August 8th, um, John Mayer presented the first Rise for the River, a benefit for the beautiful Park County um, benefit concert series, where night one was um, John Mayer with one Bobby Weir. And um, I'm going to quickly read off the set list here for that show because they played two amazing hours in a little lodge in Livingston, Montana. Um, and truthfully, it was personally my favorite Grateful Dead related music of 2022 so far. It was wow. wonderful. Uh, so the set list for John and Bobby on 8-8 um, was Friend of the Devil, um, Bertha into a Loser, which was not originally on the set list that was hand-added. Um, that after Loser, we had Brown-Eyed Women, um, El Paso, which, of course, we all know that Matt Bush put that on the uh, set list for Knob. Um, I, can I stop you really quick? <laughs> Absolutely. I saw someone post on Instagram the day after there was a, a photographer who posted pictures of the John and Bob show. And in the caption, she talked about some of her highlights of the night. And specifically, at one point, it says, El Paso. I don't have a Reddit account, but sometimes I lurk the set list threads, and someone's always really happy about this one. So when I heard it, I thought of Reddit. And I want to get that printed out and framed. And I think it was, like, one of their official photographers, too. Um, I'll take I, it. I think, Pick because, up, like, the pictures Dan were... shouted me out once, and I almost shot my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so after El Paso, which again was for Knob, uh, we had a wonderful Cassidy into Birdsong. Uh, then, of course, we had Uncle John's Band, uh, Jack Straw, uh, Deal, um, Lady with a Fan. Um, then personally, uh, my favorite song of the evening was Terrapin Station. Mm. Um, then we that had... Um, we ended the show with Eyes of the World into Not Fade Away. Um, now, I know we aren't necessarily reviewing this show, um, but Nob, I'm going to let you go ahead and give some thoughts. Ask a quick like. question first. For sure. Yeah. Uh, was this all acoustic? Uh, or... Mayor was acoustic, I think, the whole time. Bobby swapped between acoustic and electric guitar, depending oh, okay. on the song. Okay, interesting. Um, Thank you for that. And it was... Yeah. And it was just them. There was no drummer, no bassist. Correct. Nope. Just wow. they had an okay. opening band, but just the two of them when it was there. Oh, I remember the opening band. <laughs> Kitchen Dwellers. Yes. Um, some of us were not ready for little, an opening band. And little got saltiness a little, in my voice. Got, got, a little, got a little salty there, but uh, <laughs> once, once Friend of the Devil started at 10 o'clock Eastern time, my saltiness quickly went away. <laughs> like um, the anyway. I didn't care for the guy's voice. Anyway, now if you go ahead and give your thoughts on 8-8-2022, Bob and Sean at Pine Creek Lodge. 
I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really nice display of the Bob and John's musical chemistry. Um, I really, I, I appreciated when it was specifically the two of them both on their acoustics because I think acoustic Bob Weir is my favorite Bob Weir these days because you really just get to marvel at his playing. Um, and at no point do you think, oh, I really want to turn the toned knob on his guitar down. Um, but it was a really fun show. Um, I will also second that that Terrapin was one of my favorites. Uh, the Jack Straw was really nice. Eyes of the World, Birdsong. It was just a fun night of music. The two of them play off each other really well. Um, I have another quick question. Um, yeah. When I, when I read the set list the, the day after, because, of course, this was on Mountain Time, on, I'm on East Coast Time, I, I yep. couldn't stay up to, to listen. I was surprised that they didn't play Heaven Help the Fool. I just would have expected if it was like an acoustic kind of situation that Bobby would bust that out. Any yeah. any thoughts on, on why we didn't hear that? Or was that just like a Jerry and Bobby thing? Or, you know, I, it would have been neat. I love that song. I think it's incredible guitar playing. I think it's a fun song. I don't know him to do it as much these days. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know if I'm actually bust out, I guess. Do it. Yeah, I don't do know they? if I'm familiar with that, to be honest with you. I um, you and can I know... hear it in the Warfield shows quite a lot. Um, what else is it on? It's, it's on an album too, right? It's I, uh, well, Bobby has a solo album, Heaven Help the Fool. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if he still does that because I know there were a couple of tunes that were on the set list and cut for time, and one of those was Dark Hollow, which I was really uh, bummed about because that would have been a fun one, especially with the acoustic guitars out. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they do haven't helped the fool. Okay, I mean it was just something I thought of. I, I was I was surprised that they didn't do it with the acoustic setting, but you know, it is what that is. So once again, folks, if you haven't had a chance to already uh, watch the eight eight performance, um, try to I, I I will say go ahead and go out of your way um, to either listen to it or. Um, I believe you still can purchase the show on Nugs. Um, the show yes. is $20, and proceeds go to the Park County Community Foundation. Um, so really, it is a show um, that is reasonably priced, and it's for a good cause, and it's awesome. Um, so I highly recommend it, if you haven't listened to it already, to go back and do that. Um, and there's also, John's doing two more shows at the Pine Creek Lodge. Um, Sunday, August 14th, um, Dave Chappelle and John Mayer. I know some folks might have strong opinions on Dave Chappelle. Um, I frankly like him in Chappelle show and really don't have any other opinion other than that. Yeah, um, I'm there with you. And then, um, Sunday, August 21st is John Mayer solo. Um, I do not know if the Chappelle and Mayer or if the Mayer solo show would be streaming. Uh, but I would assume so because they're not going to raise all that much money if they're only doing it for the folks in that little tiny venue. <laughs> Solo Mayor is streaming. Chappelle show is not. Is not. Um, no. You know, I this is this is maybe I'll even cut this out of the podcast. I've been thinking about getting that Solo Mayor show. Um, yeah. Before I was back. really, I was really, really like, and I grant it. Like, I know John Mayer is John Mayer, but like, I really enjoyed. <laughs> The, the Monday show with yeah. with with Bobby and I was like you know like I could probably like I mean it's for a good cause hand. yeah like, I could probably enjoy get a taste of John Mayer two hours solo 
Um, another quick thing about this show that I really enjoyed is we don't get very much audience interaction um, these days with Dead and Company. Um, and right. a few times, both and just Bob... to set, set the scene for the for the uh, audience here about you know what that what that looked like with you know where, how close they were. Yeah, it was like they were in a trailer park, um, <laughs> and yeah. probably like two hundred people, and it looked like they like the stage was made out of you know um, pallet jacks, right? Like it was um, incredibly rustic, very down home, like lights strung up above your head, you know, type scenarios. Um, and it was really nice hearing John be so thankful to just the community um, yeah. and, and letting people know, like, okay, people, like, A, clean up all of your trash. Make sure I you get out. do that at the end of every Dead & Co. show. Yeah. 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 Cool. John Mayer out in the lot making sure people are picking up right. their balloons. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, we got to get this back so our neighbors, you know, are cool with this, right? And I thought that yeah. was, like... I, I, that was, you know, and I granted, like, he's raising money for, like, you know, the area. But I thought that was really, really, really cool. And then when he was like, you know, I'm not going to be at the party, but you'll probably see me at the grocery store tomorrow morning. Like, you know, like, that kind of thing I found really neat. And then um, right before, I believe it was Cassidy, um, you could really tell that Bobby was having a good time. Um because he doesn't just do stuff like this anymore. Uh, right before Cassidy began, he said uh, he wrote this song not too far from here. Uh, and I believe he was referring to Barlow's Ranch. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So just that kind of stuff, you know, I, I love just the little things like that. I love to see. So awesome. again, please go out of your way if you haven't already um, to watch the 8-8-2022 Bob and John show. However, now let's get on to our main event of the evening, and um, I'm going to say it, um, and I, was, I, I guess I'm speaking for myself, and I know I'm speaking for Fig, uh, this show kind of surprised us. <laughs> um, yeah. We are speaking about May 23rd, 1993, um, Shoreline Amphitheater. Now, if you remember, a few weeks ago, we featured another 1993 show and we were not too kind to it however um boy do opinions change um so may 23rd 1993 yeah, i think that was march sometime in march 93 in um in vegas and yes. yeah what a difference a couple months make two months yeah almost so an entirely different band took the stage uh in shoreline it was i'm pretty sure it was only about a week apart was it May? I can go back. I think it was May 15th. You, you check that out while, while I go over set one, because that would be sure. quite interesting if it's literally only um, a week apart, because it's like literally two different bands. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, so set one of May 23rd, 1993 gave us a beautiful Jack Straw opener into Loser. Um, yeah. Then we had a nice peppy rendition of It's All Over Now. Uh, and then we had Phil's solo, Just Like Tom Thumb's Blues. Um, we had Bird Song. And then set one ended with The Music Never Stopped. Um, so, Fig, what was your thoughts on set number one? Um, so, I have a lot of thoughts about set number one. Um, I can also say that, that we went back and we crunched the numbers and Knob was exactly right. Uh, it was actually May fifteenth, ninety three. So the week before, eight days. 
eight days ago, uh, a week and a day before, um, a concert that we panned. And I think anytime really you know you kind of get into like the mid '90s, you know, you start to kind of wonder if it's going to be a good show or a bad show. Um, this was an incredible show, both sets, even the encore. I liked, and the audience will know that I'm not a huge fan of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds as an encore, or even as a Grateful Dead song, uh, to be honest with you. But even I liked the Lucy, and I never thought I would say this, but I love Vince Welnick. I love him. This was an incredible Vince show. Um, yeah. the yeah, like, like he he was very high in the mix, but but he just it showed how much of the glue he was for the band at that time. Um, he made it work. He was consummately professional. Part of my um, you know, part of what I don't like about Vince is is this caterwauling kind of vocal uh, harmonies that he does. I didn't really even notice that. Um, it was all just very well done. Um, so, uh, song by song, uh, Jack Straw was very powerful, very powerful Jack Straw opener. It was almost grungy, which was interesting because we're, we're here in, in, the, uh, in 1993 when grunge is taking shape. Um, I, I kind of felt that way about Loser as well. So, because Jack Straw is a loser, um, a very good version of Loser. Um, uh, I really liked Vince in the mix. Uh, Listen to Jerry Solo was phenomenal on Loser. Um, it's all over now. It was was really great. I love the tempo. Vince had a fantastic solo in All Over Now. Definitely worth the listen. Um, Bobby Weir had a very gruff voice kind of throughout the whole night, and and it worked and actually mm-hmm. kind of worked for the grungy tone that they were going through. Uh, Tom's Tom Thumb Blues. Uh, this is not one that I really love, but this one was listenable, and uh, it was well sung by Phil. Uh, all high praise from me, um, as you guys know. Uh, we get into uh, Birdsong again. I never know what a good bird song is versus bad bird song. I love all bird songs and this was a very very good bird song in my opinion. I can't really talk too much about it, but I did like Vince's tone in bird song. Um and we got some music never stopped, which was um really cool. Uh it was funny Bob at one time you can hear it in the mix he he you know talks into the mic he asked for a little bit less keyboard. So I think um he recognized that Vince was taking over, but um I say let it go. Um this was an awesome set one thanks to Vince. All righty, Dom, go ahead and give us your thoughts on set number one. Sure. I'll echo a lot of what's been said so far. Um, really nice stuff from Vince throughout. I am, uh, there's a lot of tunes where I find myself very impressed with him. Uh, the Jack Straw really benefits. He has like a, like strings slash keys setting, uh, especially in that jam towards the end, which really almost gives it like a cinematic build, which really... Yeah. Uh, gives us this nice like catapult into that last Jack Straw Wichita. Um Loser has kind of a sloppy start, I'll say. Um but the ending is really good. Um Jerry's voice isn't always pretty, but this is a night where he's really given it his all. Um and Loser really works. Uh there's almost a sense of desperation in his voice, which I really dig. Um if I had to give a favorite in this set, it's probably It's All Over Now. Um, I thought that was a real ripper. Uh, both Vince and Jerry take some awesome solos. Uh, I had a really fun time with that one. Um, after that, it sounds for a second like Jerry's about to start playing Loose Lucy, and then they start doing Just Like Tom Thumbs Blues, and I will never forgive Phil Lesh for that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's good. It's It's... 
I, I'm not a huge fan of Phil's voice on this one, and that's still true here, but I do think it's a well-played version by the band. Um, it definitely works. Um, I really like this bird song with one kind of exception. I think it starts off really strong, the jamming starts off really good, but around the eight-minute mark, they reach a point where it just sounds like no one is listening to each other. It just sounds mm. like everyone is doing a slightly different thing that all doesn't kind of work together. But then, about a minute later, Jerry almost starts teasing the bridge of Jack Straw, and everyone comes back around it, and that sounds really cool. But uh, that one bit of uh, clang made me start to go, hold on, are we, what's going on? Um... But yeah, and then I thought Music Never Stopped was a fun closer. It was a short first set, which tends to be true for the 90s, but this set yeah. is less than 50 minutes long, unless you count the tuning before Jack Straw, at which point it barely cracks 50 minutes. Um, well, I, I remember that from the uh, the show the week before. It was a very short set one. But yeah. it almost, you know, it sounded like they needed a break after that yeah. show. This one, I, I could, they could have kept going. They sounded great. Just one more tune. Um, but yeah. Those are my thoughts. What did you think, game? Um was incredibly surprised how much I enjoyed um yeah. this entire show and set one. Um Jack Straw was excellent. Um Loser excellent. It's all over now. Um a little bit of a different arrangement than what I'm used to. Um Peppy upbeat. Um like swinging almost. Yeah. That was that was very good. Um just like Tom Thumbs Blues. Um maybe not my favorite Phil song, um but this one pretty good. Um Bird Song was probably my least favorite part of set 1. Um and I think it's just the MIDI. I just I I I can't Yeah. And there's a lot of MIDI in this show. Uh, mm -hmm. But that was the first time of, of set one where I was like, ugh, this MIDI. Um, and then the music never stopped was was a good way to end set one. Um, of short set one. Um, when I was listening to it today, I was like, oh, wow, like we're in set two already. Um, but yeah, a, a, a very big contrast to what they were uh, just a week earlier on 5-15-1993. Um, let's go ahead and dive into set two. Uh, set two opened up with Ico Ico into Wave to the Wind, um, which I will say quickly before we go into this is what this was the first time I've ever heard Wave to the Wind, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, then we had Saint of Circumstance into Terrapin Station into Drums and Space. Then we had I Need a Miracle, Days Between not fade away and an encore of lucy in the sky with diamonds um knob go ahead and give me your thoughts on set number two i thought Ico Ico was a really nice high energy way to get the set started um i thought wave to the wind was pretty fun um it didn't really have like a nice jam to it but the song itself was really fun the groove was nice i dug that um a little bit of a rocky transition into Saint of Circumstance, but once it got going, that Saint of Circumstance reached a really nice peak. Um, and then that takes us to, in my opinion, the highlight of this second set, the Terrapin Station. Um, it's really nice. 
Um, there's one thing I thought was really cool. Vince throws a little harmony on the keys that normally comes later during the instrumental bit that harmonizes with that. Bow, ba -dum, ba -dum, bow, bow. Um, and he throws it in the middle of one of the sung verses, just real nice and subtle in the background. And it's really cool to have that motif enter a little bit sooner in the song than normal. Um, makes it all feel a little more cohesive. Um, yeah, and there's a nice jam at the end of the Terrapin that I really dug, nice and heady, bringing us into drum space. Um, I like that I Need a Miracle. It was really nice and high energy. Um, Days Between was another highlight of this set for me. It was very sensitively played. Um, I thought it was really pretty. Um, it was a very uh, competent, not fade away to bring it home. I don't mean that as probably as mean as it sounds. Like, it, it was just a well-played, not fade away. Um... This is definitely a better Lucy in the Sky than the one that we talked about last time, which, and I cannot stress enough, was eight days prior. Um, <laughs> I think verses sound better than the choruses. Um, Vince's synth tone here adds a really nice, like, spacey, floaty, dreamy kind of feel. Uh, I think the verses do sound really nice. The choruses uh, rely on 90s Dead nailing some harmonies, so yeah. it's not my favorite part. But... It's a fun way to bring the night home. It's definitely a, a more comfortable encore here. All right, I'll just big. Yep, go yeah, ahead. I'll, I'll just jump in. Um, so there's things I'll echo and things that I won't echo. Um, Ico, for example. Ico, Echo. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Echo, Echo. Um, I wrote that it was finally a fun one because we've had some Ico, Echoes um, featured recently on the pod. And they were just these downer Icos. They were thrown in random spots in the set. Thank God we got a set two opener Ico. Tons of energy. Fun, great tempo. Uh, awesome way to start set two. You knew you were in for something good. Uh, Wave to the Wind. It's not that I minded it. It's just that what came to my mind was that it was the Great Value Eyes. So like Walmart's Great Value brand, but for Eyes of the World. <laughs> Um, it, it kind of has an Eyes of the World tone, you know, feel to it, um, but it's just not that great of a song. Um, but, you know, I actually, I did like the transition into a much better song, which was Saint of Circumstance. Um, the build, I will echo uh, uh, what Nob was saying, was fantastic. Uh, Jerry and Vince were having some great interplay, just like churning and churning the build and build, and, and, and it came and it, and it happened, and it was awesome. Um... Bobby sounding great on that song too, his uh, his vocals as well. And then we get into Terrapin, and one of the things I love about Vince era Dead, and Nob, you uh, identified this, um, I think talking about Jack Straw, is, is the way that he uses uh, strings, like he kind of mixes a mm -hmm. string sound into his uh, keyboard uh, tone. And what that does for me is it, it turns the Dead into something much more majestic than it ever was. Uh, just the majesty of the Grateful Dead pours through my speakers when, when I hear that. And that's the feeling and that's the sound that i got listening to this terrapin a very majestic version of terrapin a very emotional version of terrapin um jerry's voice was very emotive um this uh that night um in the terrapin in the loser i agree with that too nub uh, in the first set uh and then we got the lovely outro jam uh terrapin was definitely a highlight of the night uh jumps in space i i really appreciated too miracle was well played it was kind of that kind of back to that kind of grungy vibe uh, and then we got Days uh, Between, and this is one that um, I don't hear too much. I, you know, I always appreciate it when I do hear it, 
Um, I thought this was a very heavy version of that, um, and it was well played. Um, I thought it was, and it was very topical. As, as I was listening to it, I was listening to it within the days between Jerry's, you know, the day of his birth and the day of his death. So it was the days between. So it kind of made me reflect on Jer, and um, and so I was happy to uh, have the show that featured that song. Uh, Not fade away, I thought was excellent. And then Lucy, um, again. Just like I said before, this was a heady version of the dead doing Lucy in the Sky with Divins. Um, I didn't mind it at all. Like, yeah, Jerry's voice was rough and didn't carry the uh, the chorus too well, but um, pretty decent version of Lucy, especially considering what they did to Echo Knob a week before. But Game, tell us what you thought about Set 2. Opened up great with a fun Ico Ico. Um I do like the store brands sometimes, so I did enjoy Wave to the Wind. <laughs> um, State of Circumstance was really good. Uh, my favorite thing of set two, though, was Terrapin Station. Um, drums and Space, I made it through both Drums and Space without skipping. Um, however, I have no comment. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, For you, that's a lot of praise. <laughs> um, I Need a Miracle um, kind of took me back to the 80s. Um, mm. Bob had so much energy, um, and yeah, it really was just like they were just—I could have closed my eyes, and for that moment, you know, without you know hearing Vince, obviously, I—I I could have been like, okay, this is like an '86, '87, like they're in it. Um, really enjoyed. I need a miracle. Like days between was beautiful. Um, very heavy. Um. I listened to this show today, which is just outside of the days between. Um, however, um, there has been a lot of reflecting on Jerry lately. Um, and yeah, this was um, maybe not the best days between I've ever heard, but um, definitely a, a striking version. Um, and Not Fade Away was great. Um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds was... I don't know. Um was it better than 515? Yes. <laughs> um, did I like it? No. <laughs> Is that saying much? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I just... I feel like that song just needs Ringo. Right? Um, just needs... just needs. I, I, Ringo doesn't even sing it. Who, who sings leads on that for the Beatles? That's um, John. Is it John? Um, yeah, Ringo. I'm thinking Yellow Submarine. Lord well, Lord. but no, Ringo... I mean, he does have that, like, the snare hits. Boom, like, doom, doom. Let's say yeah, so, so I don't know. Um, some songs, some covers, obviously, like, um, oh, what did I say last week was my favorite Bob Dylan Grateful Dead song. Oh, uh, I remember because I'm your friend and I care about you. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, masterpiece? Yes, yes. Yeah. So wow, it's, points. It's like, it's like that, that song I like so much of the Grateful Dead, where it's like, in my mind, it's not even a Dylan song anymore. Yeah. It's it's Bobby's song. This is like, okay, like, give this one back to the Beatles. My opinion. Yeah. My well, opinion. And, <laughs> and to like, I don't know, to a point that we, you know, talked, discussed, the last time we featured Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, or the last time the show uh, ended with Lucy in the Sky, it's so on the nose, you know, with the LSD reference, it's, that I it's know. like... And and I wonder, it, it wonders me, as uh, the game would say, if there was a better 
Beatles song that they could pick to, you know, mm-hmm. to give a nod to drug culture. And if there was, I have something in mind. And I'm going to, you know, fish this over to maybe Knob and want to hear what the game says. If there was, what, what would that song be? Well, I'm a big fan of Government Mule's uh, She Said, She Said. Ooh, um, which I is about an acid trip. That's why. That, to me, feels like yeah. a nice, subtle... It is about this, but it's not there in the, like, you know? It's, yeah, it's not so... It's not on too nose. on the nose. Does yeah. it have to be about drugs? Or can it just be a Beatles song? We yeah, just, okay, yeah, just go for, for a Beatles song. Yeah. See, now I'm going through my mind what my favorite Beatles <laughs> songs are, and if I think they would do a good job. Yeah, I know, um, like, they would not do a good job yeah, to I... give me your money, but would they do a good while my guitar gently weeps? See, like, I wasn't even thinking that, but that would probably be, that would be a good one, in my opinion. Um... Lord, I would love to see Bobby do when I'm 64. <laughs> that would be. That How would long be ago great. was that? <laughs> um, I I would enjoy um, the Ballad of John and Yoko. <laughs> that would also be um, really good. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, so what what comes to my head immediately? Yeah. And I don't think this is a great song for them to cover, but I think that it's. I mean, this is weird. Um, I think Yellow Submarine. I think it's the most drugged out song that that they did. Yeah, because it's so. It's That's kind so, of an it, obvious one too. Yeah, I mean, Maybe but and it's, about it. and it's disguised as a as a children's song, right? Um, now I, feel like I don't if you think. Came home, go go ahead. You keep going. I think if you came home from a '90s dead show, and you <laughs> told your friends that they encored with Yellow Submarine, they'd all go shut the fuck up. You're only telling if me Phil, a lie. Only if Phil sung lead on it too. I think they give. I think they go full Ringo and they give Mickey Hart a mic, <laughs> and he just does samples on it on the beam. <laughs> um, no, I just. I it, it would be nice if they did something that just wasn't so on the nose. I think. Um, yeah. And, and Lucy is not one of my favorite Grateful or pff, Grateful Dead or Beatles songs. Um, anyway, just a little thought process there. I like when J Rad do Hey Bulldog. Um, I don't know if I'd like the Dead's Hey Bulldog. But, you know, the Dead do uh, a, a better Dead cover of, of a Beatles song is Hey Jude, right? Because, you know, yeah. at that point they're yeah. playing stadiums. Anytime that you get 30,000 people together, I think Hey Jude should actually be played, like just like they do the national anthem. Because it, it's a great people's song. It's a great single song. You get people saying, you yeah, know, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, just everything's like okay. Tiny Dance. I want. They're, they're or Sweet Caroline. Talking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they need to give us the the the, the set list one of these days. We're, yeah. we're you guys are singing Yellow Submarine, Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Our goal for the podcast is to get it so big that we start putting in songs in the set list due to fans. Bush, we're taking your job. <laughs> <laughs> the fans demand it. Popular demand. Here it comes. All right, so. Um... Our next portion of this week's episode is to to figure out which set we would like to feature this week on the pod. Um, And I'll go ahead and kick off the voting here. Um, I'm going to have to go with set two. Um, I really enjoyed set one. However, set one's just too short, in my opinion. Um, So I'm giving it to set two based on length. Um, What do you guys say? 
Yeah, I would say the same, unless anyone has an early morning meeting tomorrow, you know, or somewhere <laughs> to go. Um, I would go with set two. Hey. Yeah, I'll go with set two, because the only thing, my only critique of set two was wave to the wind. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there's room for sore brands. I'll, absolutely, I agree with that. Um, but set, lo- set one was no slouch. Set one no, was no slouch. I would definitely recommend set one if you have an extra 45 minutes. Yeah, if you're between meetings. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, our next segment is, of course, the Book of the Dead. Um, and I'm going to start this off as well again, um, just because my vote might be a little bit surprising. Um, but as of now, as of 8-11-2022 at 8-15, a little peek behind the curtain, folks. As of today's date, May 23rd, 1993, makes my Book of the Dead. Wow. Uh, Yes. If I had a soundboard, I would do like applaud, like an <laughs> yeah, applaud sound right now. Um, Nob, how about you? Um, I think I, we'll see where we're at at the end of the year. I think no, but just barely. Um, I could see it being like the bottom of my yeses or the top of my noes, you know? Alrighty, Fig? Um, I'm going to say yes. This was cool, guys. This was a, a shocker of um, a gem. Um, you know, it, it's a year that without having done this project, I would skip. I would absolutely skip. It's a year that I know had gems. I, I recognize that. But I don't think I would risk, you know, my listening time on 523.93. Although Shoreline, they usually bring it. This was great from start to finish. It was a fantastic show. I'm really happy to um, be showing uh, the audience um, set two here. This might, have, the this might have been the first show from the project, um, at least from when we're doing the podcast, that I just had wrote off. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm I, wish you think if... I, want to, I want you to replay last week where you introduced yeah, this show the by going, sometimes there are good Grateful Dead shows, <laughs> and sometimes. Well, listen, guys, we are going to get bad shows. Like, it's going yeah, to we've happen. We've had bad shows. Yes. And we have, yeah, you're right. Remember that A other 93 show? The one we keep referencing from a week before. Don't, folks, if you're listening to this, don't go back and listen to 51593. Just act like they didn't play anything on that date. Only listen to May 23rd, 93, and you'll be like, they crushed it that whole year. Well, can you imagine, like, you know, following the dead throughout, you know, the the Western tour, right? And and you get to 515, it's like, oh, geez, that was not their best stuff. And then you follow them out to San Francisco, and then they give you this. That'd be so cool. That's kind of the thing with 90s Dead, is there's a bit of an inconsistency, but when there are high highs, there are high highs. And this is one of those nights. Absolutely. We have no Reddit comments this week, and I feel like that's because the majority of people were much like me, and they're like, ugh. I think you're (laughs) right. I I, I do notice a trend sometimes where the the year will dictate how many comments I get throughout the week. But this was sticky through um, the whole week. Sometimes it gets unstickied. Sometimes it goes back up. It only has nine upvotes. Usually, I'm probably looking at like maybe, I don't know, at least double digits. So I think people were um, maybe uh, scared away a bit by the year. So speaking of Reddit comments and um, how they go along with years, um, I kind of have a feeling that next week's show 
might give us uh, some more Reddit comments than zero. Uh, next week's featured show is August 14th, 1979. It is a Tuesday night. Um, never miss a Tuesday show. Never miss a Tuesday show. This was at an alternate venue due to a rainout at Red Rocks. Um, but um, do you know which venue it was at, good sir? I do not, but I can check that out. Oh, it was at the McNichols Arena. Ooh, okay. They've done some cool stuff there, but I mostly associate that with like late 80s and 90s dead. Yeah, I don't know if... Um... If I'm familiar with that arena, normally I'm familiar with like the sports teams in the arena, et cetera, et cetera. But that one's not ringing a bell. Um, oh, okay, go ahead. No. So, anyways, next week we are featuring August fourteenth, nineteen seventy nine. That was at the McNichols Arena, um, in Colorado, which was once again an alternate venue due to a rainout at Red Rocks. And just taking a quick look at this set list. Um, we can compare openers, um, because we get a Jack Straw next week as well. Something tells me I'm probably going to like the 1979 one a little bit more than the 1993. Um, we get a Mexicali, a Tennessee Jed. Ooh, and easy to love you. Uh -oh. Um, so... Here comes the okay. Brent Oh, we get to, we get to compare Brent crushes well, and Vince so crushes. this is... No, no, this is where I'm going to need your expertise. Okay. This is extremely early Brent, correct? Because yeah. he only joined the band in 79. April 79, yeah. This is less than four months. I would. Guess I didn't even know Easy to Love You was in the rotation. I, kn I knew it was one of the initial quick. Brent songs they did, because all the Go to Heaven songs they started doing pretty shortly after they uh, added Brent to the band. But I, I could only imagine Easy to Love You was... Oh, this is the debut. Is it really? Oh, you got it? This is it. This is the first Ooh. Easy to Love You. Very cool. Ooh, I'm excited. The really Very baby cool. pictures. I'm excited. I might listen to that, actually. When we're up. Um, <laughs> we also have... But first, uh, we're going to listen to the 93 <laughs> show. Uh, we have set two. Then we have opens with Promised Land. Um, we get a Samson and Delilah, because, of course, you can never miss a Tuesday show, because you won't get Samson and Delilah. Um, Stella Blue, Good Lovin', and a double encore for a Tuesday night. Um, yeah, so next week's show, um, just looking at the songs on the list, looks pretty good. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping for the evening, as always. Please, everybody, smash that subscribe button, like, and share this podcast with all of your Grateful Dead and non-Grateful Dead loving friends. Um, you may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded, but not one that rhymes with pop and lockify. That's right. If if you're sorry, if your if your podcast app has a name that rhymes with pop and lockify, it will not function on that one. However, it will function on every other podcast app. Uh, you may also find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may find us on the web at reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead. And of course, one very quick tiny plug for my own Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the GD channel. Um, that's it for me for tonight. Uh, boys, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners for this evening? Never miss a Sunday show. Yeah, enjoy the Heady 93 show.
Alrighty, everybody. Thank you so much for a lovely episode of the Help on the Way podcast.
days that lie between lie between
Girl with the lightest go by. 